0: Welcome to What Compassion Accomplishes, a podcast dedicated to sharing information, ideas, and resources about domestic abuse and sexual assault. The topics discussed in this podcast, including survivor stories, supportive services, and domestic abuse or sexual violence, can be difficult, and we urge you to listen with care. Our hosts are not licensed counselors or mental health professionals. If you or someone you care about have experienced domestic, dating, or sexual violence, please call the WCA's 24-hour hotline at 208-343-7025 or the National Domestic Violence Hotline 1-800-799-7233. You can also find more resources in the description of this podcast.
1: Hi, this is Corey Michaels with Auction Frogs, along with Chris Davis, WCA Communication Manager. Today, we are joined by one of my favorite people, Tracy DeMarcus, WCA Prevention Programs Manager. And we're talking this time around about teens and specifically domestic abuse, to consent to all of these tools and things that, that our teens need to be aware of, but it's a tough conversation.
2: It is a tough conversation. Um, And if you're anything like me or my parents, it was not something that we talked about um, or really wanted to have conversations around. And so Mm -hmm. I think um, that's a really hard barrier to get over. (laughs) Um, Is that kind of discomfort or that fear of like awkwardness or, Um, Whatever the case might be, but, but ultimately it's, it's worth it to have that conversation and to, to have that, uh, young person know that you're, you're there for them and that you'll support them and, um, and having healthy relationships. So,
1: and unfortunately it happens to, to our kids, our friends, kids, it's way too rampant.
2: Yeah, I think it's, I think it's more, um, it's happening more often than than people want to acknowledge and, and that probably parents want to acknowledge as well. Um, and so in addition to that 1.5 million number, Chris, it's a pretty decent estimate. They say one in three teens will experience some sort of physical, sexual, or emotional abuse by a dating partner. And in the same study, they also asked about behaviors and one in three teens about also acknowledge that they would have committed violence against a date and maybe they didn't realize it at the time. Um, but when they're asking about these specific behaviors and students are rep- replying that they have done those things, um, but not necessarily recognizing even that those are unhealthy or controlling behaviors. So I think that just really shows that like this conversation needs to be had and, um, and parents are in one of parents or caregivers or, or trusting adults are in One of the best positions to have that conversation with
1: those young people. A question for you, and it should be a pretty easy one. (laughs) The parents and the family that is in the perfect house up on the bench with the beautiful little white picket fence (laughs) and uh, their lives are perfect. And then you have a family that maybe is out in a more rural area and they don't have the same income, they don't have the same resources around them that this other family does, which one of those teens is more likely to be abused or to be in a situation of abuse?
2: I would say it's absolutely equal.
1: Yes. Yeah. And that's it. It doesn't matter. Yeah, it, it doesn't, doesn't matter. discriminate. Yeah. There is no discrimination. Yeah, but just looking at socioeconomic... Nope religious backgrounds, color, race, creed, whatever it, it doesn't none of that matters And so there comes the tough part because you know I, anyone who is listening right now that has teens and I don't care if you are listening in Europe right now, in Idaho, in uh, whatever country uh, there is one thing that is that is pretty similar. I would think, uh, with teenagers, as parents, we don't know anything anymore. <laughs> no. They they already know everything, and so telling them why they should have their vegetables or why they should do their chores is a difficult conversation at times <laughs> uh, because there's that challenging, you know, that coming sure. of age of you don't know what you're talking about. I have it all figured out. So with that in mind, when the simplest things like taking out the garbage or picking up the dog poop <laughs> is a tough conversation, how do, you, how do you have and effectively be able to get through to a teenager about something as important as consent and sexual assault?
2: Um, that's a great question. I think um, I think it probably would be different for every family, right? Every situation and person is unique and different. But honestly, I think the the thing that would make the biggest difference is starting that conversation young and normalizing that as something that is talked about and is, okay to ask questions and come to a parent or a caregiver for help. Um, so even just starting that conversation as young, you know, as elementary age and talking to them about their friendships and the relationships they have with their peers at school and that sort of thing, I think will really normalize taking that conversation into maybe their teenage years when they start dating um, and those sorts of things it's it's not gonna be an out of the blue. Oh my gosh, why is my mom asking me about my boyfriend or my you know partner because that's just kind of standard for for your relationship and for for that um, for that family. I think that's a really important piece.
1: Well, and I've even seen where not necessarily the person that you're in a relationship with or your teen is, um, but in, in in that fashion, in a romantic way, But even the friends, because sometimes it is the people that are allegedly their friends that as a parent, you just get that feeling. You know something is not okay with this child. And that's horrible. And you wish you could help that person, but you also want to protect your child. And telling your child there's something wrong with your friend that is just an immediate way to get them to turn around and and run the opposite direction from you.
2: Right. I mean, it's kind of that situation of any of us, whether we're teens or adults or anything, if we're being told you can't be friends with this person, you uh-huh. can't do this thing, it's it's a pretty natural instinct to just want to do the opposite of
3: that. Okay. Talk to me about the relationship spectrum. And do you actually just Ooh. have a have a conversation with your child about that in terms of do they make you happy? And do you sit down and say, let's talk about the relationship spectrum?
2: You know, you, you could, (laughs) I don't think you would want to, but I love the relationship spectrum. I think it's a really great, um, visual. Um, I'm a visual learner, a visual person. And so I, I really enjoy the, the visual of the spectrum, but really just this idea of, um, you know the relationships that we have in our lives. Again, whether that's platonic or romantic or whatever the case might be, familial, even um, they fluctuate on this spectrum. Like no relationship is a hundred percent healthy a hundred percent of the time. Like we are human, <laughs> we make mistakes, um, we learn and grow and change, and our relationships do too. And so the relationships that we have naturally fluctuate on that spectrum and you know we should be doing everything that we can to keep that relationship towards the healthy end of the spectrum um that's ultimately like the goal but there definitely are going to be times where things come up that you know put that relationship in a kind of weird gray area of unhealthy behaviors um And that doesn't necessarily mean that like, bam, that relationship is abusive and it needs to end right then and there. Um, But, you know, there are ways that you can assess if that if that unhealthy behavior is something that keeps coming up. It maybe is a pattern that we're seeing with this person or, um, you know, the intention behind those actions is um, more Controlling than um, just a one-time mistake or a one-off like situation where somebody, um, you know, had a bad day or something. So it's a, I think it's a great way to talk about relationships in terms of like, we don't have to always expect 100% healthy, 100% of the time, but both people or all people in the relationship should be working towards making that relationship healthier. And if we're noticing these unhealthy things happening, over and over and over again, or if they're maybe staying in that unhealthy zone or, and things are eventually getting worse, that's when we start sliding from the unhealthy part of the spectrum into the abusive part of the spectrum. Um, and so I think that can be a really great visual to kind of share with young people. And like, it's not an all or nothing, like black or white situation. There, There's a lot of gray area in relationships and it's really about figuring out, you know, where where do you draw the line for, for your particular relationship?
1: Well, and Tracy, you had mentioned, and I think, you know, for myself as well, and I think a lot of people, you know, uh, especially teenagers these days, it's uh, visual really helps.
2: Oh, absolutely.
1: And like the, uh, and we had played the audio to a video uh, that's available on YouTube, and we'll put the link in the description here. Uh, for the T versus <laughs>
2: yeah. uh, consent, consent video. yeah,
1: And I, I thought that was the most perfect way to put this out in the most simplistic oh, term. Absolutely. That is, even the audio is good. It mm-hmm. hits home. But you want to talk about a, a great visual to show to a teenager yep. that they're going to be able to look at and put it in terms of, oh, okay, that makes sense. Yep. It, it was great, and like I said, uh, j- check it out. Show it to your teenager, yeah, uh, and and see it yourself. I think everyone should uh, should check this out. But it, yeah, it's T versus consent, yep. And we'll put the like I said, the link will be in the description.
2: Yeah, here. there's um there's another similar video that's that makes me think of this. That's really great, um, and it calls attention to a lot of the ways that um in a, an unhealthy romantic relationship or an abusive romantic relationship, sometimes people can use their feelings or their um, love for another person as a um, justification for their behavior. Uh-huh. Um, and this particular uh, video is about um, like high school age students and um, calling, calling those things out. And that's really a great, um, great tool too. Cause I think you can, even I can really like resonate with the people in the video. Um, and I've heard many of those things said, not maybe to myself, but to friends or people that I care about. And, right. um, and yeah, it's a really great, really great visual to, to pull that in. So we can definitely put that recording in the wow. podcast.
1: Yeah. I description think that'd be too.
3: really great. Um, and, uh, as, as we'll put those links in there. Um, do you want to give us some tips about starting those conversations because we'll keep those links in there. Um, I want to I want to point out that that one of those studies we talked about earlier. Um, I think it's important to know that as parents, as because I'm a parent and Corey, I think you are too. Yes. We think we're going to recognize. We think we know we cared right. We 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 held their tiny little bodies um, <laughs> mm-hmm. in our hands. We changed their diapers. We wiped their faces. Um, you know we we you know played tooth fairy and all those fun things. <laughs> but 82 parents. 82% of parents in the study that's posted on org. there's some great information on there, mm-hmm. by the way, loveisrespect.org, um, 82% of parents thought they could recognize teen dating violence, but more than half couldn't actually identify the warning signs. Right. So more than half of them. Yeah. So they thought they knew what they were looking for, but they missed it. Yeah. So um, we, we can talk about some things t- to look for, um, and if you want to, I don't know if you want to start there sure. and then, but I think the bigger thing is, um, cause it really, some of the same things are uh, things in adults, loss of interest in things, not, not participating, not, not hanging out with friends, mm-hmm. um, changing the way they look or dress. Um, and obviously maybe getting really cranky and hmm. maybe sleeping a lot and things like that. But, um, I think for me actually starting the conversations and getting my kid to talk to me. Was the biggest thing. And I mean, I used to do things like go drive around the block or, you know, like I'm going to go take you to buy you something or we're going to have ice cream. And then I would stick him in the back seat and drive and not look at him. (laughs) Sometimes I talk at the windshield and be like, mom, mom, this again. Yes, this again. And I would just talk and talk and that's what I would do. Mm. And I would, you know. And uh, oh, you know we yeah. had some of those conversations, and now he now he's he's twenty five. I know and he tells me things I don't want to hear a lot of times because yes, he's yeah he shares a lot of information, but,
1: <laughs> but he feels secure enough and exactly. safe enough to right. be able to. I know yes. I have I have three daughters, and there's sometimes that I, I'm so happy they feel the ability to share Just that with smile me. Smile on your face. Uh, there's but at the same time I'm going. Wow, you're you're really gonna share right now? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but share away, know, honey.
3: There's things that he's telling me now that he did not tell me then. Yes. Even though I tried and I, you sure. know, poked and I prodded and I tried and I shared and I overshared and expressed and I thought I was doing all of the right things and I know now because my really good friend Tracy here tells me <laughs> and educates me <laughs> that, that I was not and I thought I was. So, Tracy, you wanna? You want to share with us some some tactics? Uh, yeah. Share with all the parents and all the caregivers the and the big sisters and. <laughs>
2: um, yeah, I think. Well, first off, yeah, I want to say like parents, but also just any adult who is concerned or who cares for a young person in their life. I personally don't have um, human children, <laughs> <Definitely> <laughs> but um, when I when I have these conversations and stuff, I think about my niece. She's fourteen and. Um, and, you know, we during the pandemic and stuff, we started a, like pen pal relationship, like sending each other letters and cards and postcards and all sorts of things. And um, really just opening up those avenues to have those conversations, you know, talking about her friendships and the things that were going on and, you know, the challenges that she was having with school being virtual and those sorts of things. And so really, it's just like being the I think the first step is just being willing, right, to have that conversation and to open up and um, to do that with a young person. But yeah, there are some like actual like tips that you can use to, to start the conversation and to to try and get it to go in a productive um, direction. Um, we like the teach tips. That's the ones that I typically talk about. Um, and the teach is an acronym. Um, it was developed by the Gottman research Institute. Um, they do a lot of really great work around research or research with relationships, obviously. Um, but I think it's a really great way. It's really simple, um, way to just kind of break down those different parts of the conversation. So, you want me to talk about the teach tips? Uh, yes, oh, right. please. That'd be great. <laughs> okay. Um, so, the T tea in teach is for take a minute to relax with your teen. Um, I think this is a really important one to think about in terms of making sure the moment is right. Um, I think, Chris, you were definitely onto something when you said you were driving your son around in the car. Um, That can be a really great moment to have a conversation, whether they're sitting in the back seat or even sitting beside you in the passenger seat. Honestly, sometimes it's easier to have these conversations when you don't have to make direct eye contact, Um, especially with a parent or somebody. You might be a little bit uncomfortable talking with them about um, taking away that uh, that pressure to look them like directly in the face. Maybe while you're saying, oh, this thing happened, that was really hard for me um, like that can automatically like change the dynamic of the conversation. So thinking about when and where you're having this conversation, if maybe your child is dating, like maybe not right after they had a fight with their partner, cause that's obviously like a really emotional moment for them. They might not be in the best place to like actually talk about the, the dynamics of that relationship. So being really mindful about when and where you're having that conversation. If you have other maybe kids around, like maybe just making sure it's time for the the two of you um, rather than having distractions or things that might take away from that conversation, that sort of thing. Um, the E in teach tips stands for empathize, empathize with how complicated relationships can be. Um, I think this can also be helpful as adults to first think about how, we were experiencing relationships at that age. Um, sometimes again, we can go into this adult moment of like, oh, I know better now. I'm, you know, a pro at relationships. I literally do this for a living, but like <laughs> I still have to work really hard <laughs> to make sure my relationships are all healthy and good and safe. So um, just thinking back to like, okay, what w- where was I at when I was this age? What was I experiencing in the relationships that I was having? Um, and knowing, too, that they're, especially if they're younger teens that are maybe just starting into like relationships, there's so many complicating feelings and they might just like be very confused about what's going on. So like just empathizing with that and letting them know that it's complex.
1: Well, and especially for dads, Ooh. dads uh, don't go all dad on a situation and i say this from personal experience uh with my daughters who are all grown now but our first reaction is something has been stated from our baby Mm -hmm. especially our baby girl as a dad (laughs) yep and it's immediately where am i going to bury the body
2: that's a common response, a reaction. And
1: it, it is, and I know I am guilty of it as well. <laughs> we go right into protection mode. Well, the problem is, with that, is they can recoil and maybe not share the next yep. time. And the next time might be really important for them to share. Yep. So try your best. And I get it. I understand. And moms, yeah. too, because mama bears uh, yeah. can be even That's a worse. one. Um is try your best to just empathize. Mm-hmm. Take a deep breath and right. listen and respect that they are sharing yep. with you.
2: Write those feelings in your journal. Uh-huh. Um, but maybe don't say them out loud to that person. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 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 Um and, and that's and that's very fair. Like that's a conversation I remember my dad having with me when I like left home for the very first time right after college. Like this very and we did a road trip from my hometown to like Florida, halfway across the country. We had a lot of time to talk in the car. And that was something that came up was like, if something happens, I'm not afraid to take care of it sort of situation. <laughs> and like, that's, I know he, where he was coming from with that. Yes. But again, that kind of put me in this place of like, well... If something does happen, I don't know that I would tell him about it because I don't want the reaction to be whatever that was. Right. So, again, coming from a place of love, coming from a place of concern, but ultimately maybe not the most productive or best way to go about having that conversation.
1: But a very honest reaction. Understandable. I'm just trying try your best to chew that urge back. Yeah. get
2: yourself a feelings journal. Uh-huh. Put it in there. Um it can be helpful just to get that out but again maybe not to not to this person who's right. who's experiencing that thing. Yeah.
3: Um, or if you got a treadmill in the garage or a treadmill, or a go punch bag or a yeah. walk around the block. I mm-hmm. mean it's whatever you got to yeah, do. Get yeah, get those feelings out. out. However yep. that may be take a time out um, but yeah
2: it's yeah it's, uh, yeah, it's uh, understandable yeah. but also usually
1: counterproductive yes yeah now it brings us to a
2: a um, <laughs> this is a good one too acknowledge their feelings and needs um, I th- talk to a lot of adults um, or I've heard from a lot of adults that like, because maybe their young person's relationship isn't exactly what they would have had when they were that age or like, oh, they just text each other. So they're not really dating or this isn't a serious relationship because they're only 14, whatever the case might be. Um Invalidate. That's it. Yeah, that's invalidating for those those young people who's, like, those feelings are very real for them. Um, and whether or not that looks different than when you were that age or then, you know, maybe you would want a relationship to be like, that's their reality. Um, and that's still a very valid um, feeling for them to be going through. So just acknowledging that um, and, and knowing that they, you know, they're just, trying to figure it out the best way that they can. Um, And that you may be coming in again with this, maybe good intention of saying like, well, just break up or like, just don't text them back or whatever the case might
3: be. Like not really that big of a deal.
2: Right. Or it's not that big of a deal. Like um, those, those sorts of statements just end up making that young person feel more invalidated with what they're going through. And again, it kind of just shuts down that shuts that door to having a conversation Later on down the road. Um, So, yeah, just taking that time to acknowledge their feelings um, and their needs and then going forward from from there based on what they tell you. Yeah. Um, so next is C, C stands for connect by actively listening, um, before sharing your own thoughts. This is one that I personally struggle with. Um, and again, like, even though I do this, like for work, I still have to be really thoughtful and really mindful about it when I'm having conversations with, with young people and with like adults in my life that I care about, um, you know, really, sometimes people just need that time to express what they're going through to talk about the situation. And a lot of times they can come to a solution or a, you know, an answer on their own just by talking about it or to bringing just like putting it out there. Um But a lot of times, again, when we're well-meaning and we're we care about somebody, we automatically want to jump in and just like fix, fix, fix. Mm -hmm. Um, So or just tell them where we're coming from with it. But again, this is usually relationships, scenarios and situations like this person is going to need to come to the solution on their own and in their own way and in their own time. Um, and so make sure that you're listening to them um, and then provide your response or your own thoughts and feelings like when they're ready for it. And maybe even asking if they want that, like they may just want to talk to you or tell you this situation and even just
3: saying like, hey, you know, do you want to
2: do you want to know what I think about this or do you want me to just listen?
3: Do you want my suggestions about yep. my opinions? And I want to say something really quickly. If you don't know the definition of actively listening, you might want to look it up. Cause because, you're probably
2: not doing it <laughs>
3: because you're probably not doing it. And I, I have encountered quite a few people in my own life who mm-hmm. don't know really what that is. I'm listening to you, but at the same time they're actually trying to solve the problem mm-hmm. or giving me opinions that are not asked for. Yep. And really what I just want is somebody to listen Yeah. or, you know, to hear me out. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's well intended It is absolutely. And I have no doubt. Yep. But so really when you're saying connect by actively listening, that is a thing. It's it's a real thing. It is a skill. It is a skill. So look it up. And yep. you, it, people practice this to get yep. good at it, really. Mm-hmm. So if you're struggling with communicating with your kids and you're really trying to connect and you're concerned something's going on, look it up and read about it. And, and maybe even practice with your partner yeah. or a friend or something and have some dialogue and, and role play a little bit because it's not actually easy to do active listening. <laughs> That's uh-uh. true. Um, and I think it could ultimately benefit you, and probably
2: other areas of your life as well. Um, yeah. So, so yeah. And I, I, I think that's absolutely true, Chris. That active listening is a skill that needs to be
3: practiced to be good at it. So um, I struggle with it. I yeah. We all do. Fair. We all do. Just shut my mouth. Shut right? my mouth. Shut my mouth. Don't fix it. Don't like you know. Yep. <laughs> yeah. It's tough. But it's tough that, though. Yeah. Um, Raise your hand. Right. Again, and it, it's
2: uh, always I think. Coming out of a place of I, I concern and I'm concerned and I care. Oh yes, yeah. I don't think that any of us would ever have bad intentions. No, you know, I care
1: about you. I love you, and I want to fix right. Yeah, our our goal. I think at our core as human beings is we want to care for the people that we love.
3: Yes, absolutely. If our children are threatened or if they're like, what in the world are you doing? And you Mm -hmm. forget that you're supposed to be actively listening. Mm -hmm. So if you've practiced it, then you're going to be better prepared. Yep. You know. Absolutely. So,
1: And H.
3: H. um, This one I think is maybe going to be the most
2: challenging for a parent. (laughs) Um, H is for help them find solutions when they're ready. Um, again, Oof, I think that is this, a tough one. Yeah. is was kind of brought up in the last one of like, we want to jump in. We want to fix, especially if we're concerned that, you know, our child is being hurt or something like mm-hmm. that. Um, the immediate response or reaction is like, I need to stop this from happening right this second. Mm-hmm. But again, like that might actually do more harm than good. Um, depending on the circumstances, depending on the situation, obviously if there's like immediate physical danger, there are steps that need to be taken in that moment, right. To, to make sure everybody in that, in that situation is safe. A lot of times too, like if you just you know really want that person or your child to break up with their their partner, um, and you tell them that they have to, and then you know maybe you think that they do, but then they're still seeing that person and keeping it secret, and then they feel like they can't actually come to you, maybe when things progressively get worse or go further down that, you know, relationship spectrum. Um, so again, it might be it might be challenging, um, to just not step in with that, well, I'm the parent and this is what I say goes. Um, that is difficult. <laughs> I recognize uh-huh. that. Um, but again, getting them to a point where they're really ready for that for that solution or for that um change in relationship status or whatever the case might be, um, hopefully will be a, a safer, healthier, like long-term solution to, um, to that thing that's happening. So yeah, it's tough one though.
1: (laughs) And, and know that there are resources out there. It's okay. You know, just like your teen is not alone, you're not alone. Absolutely, there is help, there is guidance, and we have a whole lot in the description of different resources and things for you to be able to to click on right now. Tracy is yep. going to join us more, I'm sure. Oh, I'm sure. As as <laughs> we progress, and uh, Tracy, thank you so much for being here with us.
2: Yeah, thanks, glad All to be right. here.
1: And please click on the links, find out more information, reach out. There is help, and you are not alone and we look forward That's to a an- Corey. cory an- <laughs> well we can't say it enough
3: i know no i appreciate you we appreciate you joining us and i appreciate you Corey, oh. doing this it's it's
1: i'm so honored it to, to be a part of it and looking forward to our next episode of what compassion accomplishes
3: Thank
0: you for listening to this episode of What Compassion Accomplishes. Again, if you or someone you know has experienced domestic abuse, dating, or sexual violence, please call the National Domestic Violence Hotline at 1-800-799-7233 or the WCA's 24-hour hotline 208-343-7025.